0: All right, everybody, we are back, Working Dog Radio Broadcasting the Bite, another good episode from the Hits Canine Conference here in sunny Orlando, Florida. Um, I'm Eric Stambrough from Canton, Ohio. With me, as always, sitting next to me here, um, not in Oklahoma, is Ted Summers. How are you?
1: Good, man. Uh, Just starting day two, uh, we don't do anything today except interviews and run around and Eat cookies and yeah. <laughs> so do interviews. I'll sit so. in and heckle people. <laughs> yes, exactly. Speaking of which, I saw Perguson next door. <laughs> Every time I walk by there, you can tell it's him. Just be, just based on the accent alone. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, who do we got right now, first thing this morning? So, first thing this morning, we, are,
0: we have a, a, I don't know, two-time guest? You've been on twice or once? At least twice. Yeah, maybe three. Th- yeah, maybe... Ted Dallas, one of the owners of uh, the Hits Canine Conference, a uh, um, prosecuting attorney extraordinaire, legal update guru. How yeah. are you, Ted?
2: I'm doing good this morning.
0: How about you? Good, good. And I don't know if this is um, just how how you put it out there, but you look relaxed behind that booth, kind of running some stuff and making calls and all that shit. It, is it? it is it because you're? It's here. Or are you faking it?
2: No, I'm faking it. It's the never let just see them sweat <laughs> scenario. So yeah, the administrative side of things has a hiccup there and a fire there that you put out. But luckily on the uh, face of it for the vendors and
0: the attendees, things are going great. Oh yeah, I think so too. This is, people-wise, it's got to be your biggest, I, I would think.
2: Yeah, it's got to rival DC because yeah. so we're in the 1200 handler range. Oh. And DC was that, and Chicago is around eleven hundred. Mm-hmm. So we were a little worried about you know COVID, and we had to put, bump it off a few years and see you know how would we bounce back? And man, have we bounced back right where oh, we left off? Uh, yeah, it seems it,
1: it seems like there's a lot of people here. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you add
2: it all together, there's a, a roughly two hundred and seventy vendor personnel. Yeah, uh, and then you run into another roughly twelve hundred handlers, and then we have some staff, and uh, then you have the lecturers. So you know, you probably run into around a thirteen, thirteen fifty range or something mm-hmm. if you count all the heads. And I'm not counting the bar staff, the wait staff, or the yeah. hotel cleaning people. So the uh, <laughs> this, this hotel's
0: got a real nice pool, and it's getting used. Oh. There's a lot of bald tattooed dudes <laughs> uh, in the before and after the conference out in the pool and everybody hanging out. And they it's won't
2: cool. let me cannonball in there. They're no. afraid that they may turn into a wave tech pool if I do that. <laughs>
0: That's some bullshit right there, man. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, Ted and I taught yesterday morning in, the, in the, uh, one of the big rooms. How'd that go for you? It was packed full. I don't yeah. know how many of that seats. A uh, couple hundred. Yeah, the room. Well, the room I taught in was uh, like three seventy something, and mm-hmm. I was standing room only. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, we had a uh, lined in the wall, so probably about the same. Definitely the biggest. We've we've had some big rooms that we've done before, but uh, that was definitely the most people. And yeah, we're knock on wood,
2: we're lucky that you know we used to have like a big room and three medium rooms and maybe like you know the smaller room for like a vet and mm-hmm. diet and yeah. stuff, and now everybody's. You know, fortunately, hopefully, we're putting out a good product that people like, and we're into
0: big room one, big room two, big room three, medium room, small room. Yeah. Yeah. Ted and I are both up front, and... I think we kind of at the same time looked up. We were messing with the computer, looked up, and we were both like, oh, shit. Everyone's here. <laughs> people in the back are small, yeah, enough we're here. very it's fortunate. So, <laughs> so yeah, we, we teach again tomorrow, uh, 145. We'll see, see how many people. You're up against in. me. I know. We're lost Then, we? no, Well, you know. <laughs> There'll be six people in our room. So we'll sit down with them in the chairs and have a <laughs> yeah, you
1: know. Hits Canine Training Conference. This is America's premier canine training seminar packed to the brim with the world's best instructors and me and Eric. All covering important topics. There's no better place to learn and no better place to network with other handlers, breeders, and trainers. HITS 2022 is being held in Orlando, Florida this year, August 16th through the 19th. And I know how you guys are. Everybody waits till the last minute. And in the post-Rona world, everybody's training budgets are being cut and everybody's deciding whether they're going to be able to get to go or not. So don't wait because they're not going to have an infinite number of spots. And the price goes up after a certain date. So get signed up as soon as possible. It's in Orlando. We'll see you there. Be sure to hit them up. Hits canine, letter K, number nine, dot net.
0: One of the best relationships we have in this podcast and in this industry is with the great people down at Kinetic Dog Food. The story of Kinetic uh, Performance Dog Food is pretty simple. They wanted to make a better premium dog food for the dogs that need it the most. Their goal is to give every working and sporting dog a higher energy level, better performance and better overall health through superior nutrition. So they formulated a line of food based on what they considered to be the optimal profile of a performing of performance dog. They've done tons of research on this. This isn't their first rodeo. These guys know what they're doing. If you're a kennel, they will come to your kennel. They will see the problems that you have. They will check out what works for the dogs that you have Um, they're amazing people to work with. They drop ship a pallet right to you if you want. Um, I know a lot of guys that use them. There's a bunch of different formulas on there and, uh, 32 K might not be for your dogs. Maybe the 26 K works. They can adjust it. They'll give you the right ideas, what to do in different parts of the year. Winter's different than summer. It's, uh, it's really a well-run, good dog food um, company kineticdogfood.com. Be sure to check them out on social media too, man. They're, they're amazing folks. Kineticdogfood.com.
1: By now, you've probably all heard my story at least once. I'm usually getting tagged by dogs or hurting myself. So, this next product is like near and dear to me because I actually use it. Uh, quick turn by vet care. It does great for keeping small things from turning into big ones. I use it at the kennel for uh, clients' dogs that have some issues with skin stuff or have food allergies or have environmental allergies. It works great, it keeps hot spots from making giant hot spots. And it keeps my working dogs who inevitably find in fact, magnificent ways to hurt themselves from turning it into a giant vet visit. It stops little issues from becoming big ones. So it comes in a spray, it comes in an ointment, comes in a dressing. It's great for creating a protective barrier and promoting mood healing. You really only have to use it like once a day. So there's no reason not to have it in the vehicle. Since it's temperature stable, you don't got to worry about it getting hot, getting cold or anything like that. So put it in your first aid kit or put it in your cabinet. VetCare.us on the internet. Quick derm by VetCare on, the inter- on Instagram and on Facebook. And then hit them up with the discount code 10WDR for 10% off your first order.
0: So my entire time that I was a handler or a trainer in law enforcement, the cars at my department in the departments that I trained all had American aluminum accessory kennels in the cars, different cars, man, Dodge chargers, all Ford models, some Chevys, uh, SUVs, cars, everything. We loved American aluminum accessories. Um, It's a great product, a great company. They've been serving a canine law enforcement community for over 20 years If you check out their uh, website, EZ, that's the letter Z, -Z EZRiderOnline.com, they got testimonials. They got videos on how to. They got a list of everything they have. Uh, Just today, we made a post on the Working Dog Radio social media showing a dog that survived a really bad crash because of the American Aluminum kennel in the back of the car. Check them out online, guys. EZRiderOnline.com. Just let them do their thing, man. Whatever car you got for your work, your patrol car. Get a hold of them, American aluminum accessories, and get the best in the business.
1: Next up comes uh, training courses online from our friends down at Highland Canine Training, Jason and Aaron Ferguson. So, in the post Rona world, uh, training budgets have been getting cut. People aren't going to be able to travel, whether it be instructors or they be canine handlers and supervisors going somewhere else for training. So, Highland has announced a lot of online training courses. One of those that sticks out to me is their police supervisor canine course. And it's no secret that one of the problems with canine tends to be some of the supervision issues. This course is specifically designed for administrators and covers utilization as well as liability and FLSA issues. The course can be taken at your convenience, and you'll receive a certificate of completion at the end. When you go to Tactical Police Canine Training, that's letter K, number 9, training.com, and use the discount code WDR30, you'll get 30% off
0: of that course. So um, over the last couple of years, well, since it it got canceled because of the COVID a couple of times, um, you've been doing some traveling and teaching because you retired from the... I did retire in
2: January of 21 and at the ripe old age of 55, the first two months were like, hey, this is vacation. The next two months were... How many begonias can I plant in my yard? <laughs> and then uh, the last month was I'm 55 and I got to find something to do. Yeah. So I was very fortunate to pick up a, a part-time gig with a Fort Lauderdale Police Department. So yeah, I am retired 30 years uh, as a prosecutor in Broward County, Florida, and um, working through just three days a week for Fort Lauderdale PD. And that's I like the four-day weekend. So that's
0: kind of yeah. a good groove for me mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Broward County is is not really ground central of of kind of dope cases and it was pretty freaking close well yeah south florida i mean yeah you got miami
2: just below us and the keys and then us uh so uh yeah
0: that's pretty good hopping for uh drug activity yeah um what about uh some seminars you've been doing you're yeah you're we've traveling? been traveling yeah we had we had a great
2: 2021 as all the hits did not take place but we then the flip side of that was we did about eight or ten the smaller ones. Which if anybody's out there that wants us to come, we do like uh, you know um, e collar classes. Um, and Andy and I do like a canines in the courtroom where we talk about record keeping, testimony, and then obviously the narcotics dog search and seizure. And that's like a eight hour one day or and we did like seven or eight of those uh, through twenty twenty one traveling. Like we I did. In Savannah, yeah. uh, Knoxville, uh, we went to uh, Sheldon, Iowa. I'm sure I'm missing a few out there, yeah. but uh, yeah, we and you, you know we get forty, fifty handlers to come to those one day seminars, and uh, That's yeah, they work out
0: though. That's pretty good. Well,
2: yeah, and it was enjoyable because you know um, the, now that I'm a four day weekend or part timer, mm-hmm. it was you get out and travel a little bit and you meet some people in those seminars that unfortunately maybe the departments won't send them to yeah. Dallas, Texas or you know wherever, but you get the you get to know people better that way.
0: Yeah. So Ted Ted's big thing, our Ted is, uh, he's a l- l- case law guy. He likes, he can. I just like sp- to read, read it and, sp- you know, <laughs> and use it. And we, we, we use uh, a lot of stuff in our, um, in our presentations and things a lot because of what we're teaching a lot of Graham versus Connor stuff. But one of the big things, and I always, <clears throat> I'm, I, I've said this before. I told USPCA people, I said, part of your certification needs to be like a, a three, per, three or four question te- written test about what court case blah blah blah, and it could be Graham, but the big one that we've been really talking about uh, over the last several years is, is Florida versus Harris. Oh yeah, and what you were involved in yeah, at, at was, the final level, as I say to uh, <clears throat> with the
2: uh, Florida Florida Attorney General's Office, and uh, Mister Garr was a was the uh, lead on that. Out of, he was a lawyer out of D.C. that had done a bunch of uh, Supreme Court arguments, and amongst the team of us, I was one of the heads of the five families that mm-hmm. worked <laughs> behind the scenes and did the briefing and uh, attended the argument before the Supreme Court, and I was actually granted, uh, I'm a member of the Florida Supreme Court Bar, so I got granted, I wouldn't say, Council of Record status before the mm-hmm. court, so I tell people that, you know, I was in the team, and I got to sit at the adult table for Thanksgiving before the United States Supreme Court, although I didn't get to... Uh, say anything from the dais. But yeah, Harris was uh, uh, with a a great lawyer, Susan Shanahan, out of the the Tampa Attorney General's office. We worked real hard on uh, uh, getting that done. If you can win (laughs) 9-0 before the Florida Supreme Court and reverse six years of just boondoggle, losing, bad opinions, wrong analysis. Uh, If there's everything in life... If, you, if that is an analogy going on in life about, you know, try, try, try again. I mean, we were losing in lower courts. We were losing in Florida district courts. We lost in the Florida Supreme Court. And the next thing you know, you, you, you just got to be confident in your legal scenario. You get lucky. You end mm-hmm. up in the United States Supreme Court. And all nine of them say, you've been correct in your argument for the no. past six years. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. It's taking this long to, uh, to do it. But so... I call it like the Jurassic Park theory, where people try to find the weakness in the perimeter. Right? They go around and stuff like that. Has anybody on Florida with Florida versus Harris start trying to test the weak points, or if there is any? And- no, it's a fairly strong opinion related to um, the old
2: adage, the dirty word, false alerts. It, it pretty much tells you yeah. that that's. They have said the Ruth Bader Ginsburg even said. For police officers that's just a misnomer it doesn't exist Uh, it doesn't exist in the in in theory of how a dog works Mm -hmm. they recognize that dogs are odor dogs and if you do real world searches um you don't know and you can't really blame someone blame the handler blame the dog say it's false say it's wrong because the dog could properly be learning to odor and so statistically lawyer defense lawyers were saying I aha mean, uh-huh. you didn't find anything so that's a negative negative." and they said that's bs yeah you got to go to training and certification and control testing environments to determine um the reliability of the dog and generally uh, across the country in those environments
1: um officers and their canine partners do real well and it did uh, another couple of things i think that it happened it, it's and this is a cameron ford's big deal about kind of like getting everyone on board with the same terminology across the country. And so it's sort of in a roundabout way, I think kind of codified what the difference between alert and final response and, and it kind of, for our industry now, the plaintiff attorneys still are having a little bit of a hiccup, but, um, I've noticed just since about 2015, there's a large increase in, like guys from Indiana and Idaho to Georgia using the same terminology and trainers using the same terminology across the board.
2: Yeah. Because it really got confusing in yes. the law and we didn't, the, on the legal side of things, judges and lawyers really didn't help you out <laughs> no. on the terminology <laughs> side because you could read a case and they're saying you're hundred percent correct. You're saying there's an alert and, to a dog handler, that could be just change of behavior, right? And then you have like final indication or something like that. Uh, and the law is just saying, well, there's sen- lawyers are using those and they're using them interchangeable, interchangeable uh-huh. and they're in judges are writing things. You know, generally judges are C students in law school, so they're <laughs> he- they're hearing uh, an argument and they're typing an order. And they're just going based off, off what was presented in court. And so they, they may be typing alert, and they may be really meaning final indication. And so the law, when you read it, from a legal perspective, we think we know what's going on. But from a handler's perspective, we could have been or the judge or the lawyers confusing apples and oranges in
1: terminology. So we haven't helped you out any. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and we, and you know, and I, I, joke with some attorneys, I was like for as precise as you people need to be like with language, I was like, you probably should make sure that the precision here. And I use the same terminology, but the difference between bite and grip. And cause I'm like, you know, they're completely different things. And attorneys are kind of like, Oh really? What's the difference? So we have to kind of, so the precision definitely requires, uh, some I think education
2: um, Yeah, I always tell handlers when they're whatever situation they're in if they're giving a deposition because some states take criminal mm-hmm. depositions Or if you're giving testimony or if you're meeting a day before with your prosecutor um, You know prosecutors are just knuckle-headed lawyers, too So, you know, make sure when they you prepare That a they're asking you the right terminology in the question so you can give it an answer and don't be afraid on the stand to correct someone. Maybe not correct them, but you can always... Clarify. Clarify. Yeah. C- c- so, excuse me, sir, you're saying alert. Can I, I want to make sure I'm exact in my answer. So can you explain to me what you mean by alert, and I'll give you a solid answer. And a lot of times it's two good things. Is One, okay, they clarify what they mean, and you can say, oh, you mean, in my world you mean final indication. So I'll answer a final indication. Um, then, But the best part is if you ask a lawyer a question and all they know, defense attorneys, they know enough to be dangerous, that so they know a buzzword <laughs> or they know a phrase or they've read two cases, and then you go, okay, so oh, you ask me about an alert, sir, just to clarify so I can answer it correctly, what do you mean by alert? And then they'll be going, humming, uh, humming. Uh, you know, when the dog does its thing or something. Yeah, like, I'm right. not real sure what that means, sir. And it's funny because when you turn the tables on them, they're just throwing out buzzwords to see what the response is, and they don't even know how to define their own question.
0: Yeah. And I, so I, you know, I've testified a billion times, and I, um, I always tell guys listen, you, A, you got to have your testimony game tight. You got to take it seriously and be really uh, good at it. But I also tell them, be careful. If you're gonna cite a case while you're on the stand, you better know that case. Oh uh, well, I, I'll do you one better. Don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, there's one.
2: I, I've learned one scenario in uh, in, in practice and law: is stay in your lane. Mm-hmm. I don't. I've never been a police officer. I've never done a, a felony traffic stop, and, and I've never trained a dog. And I think I'm fairly well versed as a lawyer on dog, you know, at least narcotics dog trainings. You're mm-hmm. going to get. Uh, Let me make the argument and throw Mm -hmm. out the case law. You just you teach me the training, the terminology, and how it's done, and the questions and answers. But when either I assume your role, I'll (laughs) screw it up, or you assume my role, you'll (laughs) screw it up. Yeah,
0: and you you might get away with it on a dog case like saying Florida versus Harrison. They've never heard of it, but. What if he has and you don't?
1: And, and if they haven't heard of it, they're going to take a break. The they're judges like, haven't heard of it. And no. they're like, hold on a second. We're going to go look that up. Mm. <laughs> they're like, wait. <laughs> well, Harris is probably
2: a fair case if you feel comfortable enough and you've read it and you've been to some seminars and you learn about it to probably talk about or say. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of like Miranda. Now, yeah right. I got it you. Um, but yeah don't pull up you know iowa versus hawkins or something on the stand and they <laughs> you know they're like whoa, 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 what's that and yeah. you're like i don't know it's
1: somebody told me it says i can do what i did yeah <laughs> yeah my trainer had mentioned that before or so speaking of, like weird so, like stuff like that there i got forwarded a case from uh, a handler it's a it's a state level case um in florida and that's what you reminded me of the the, the story behind Harris about how <laughs> they, like, the, the, you were continuing to lose, continuing to lose. And it's that Kreller versus State where they, <laughs> you're, you, you don't, we're not videoing right now, but Ted's nodding. Mm-hmm. And I got forwarded and I was like, what in the hell? Like, and I read through it several times. I'm like, am I reading this right? And I sent it to an attorney and they're like, where the fuck is this? Yeah. And he was like, what is happening here? Well, and it's a wonky ass, like, and it's a state thing. So can you, Talk a little bit about it.
2: Yeah, I'll try to do a Mm 60-second succinct scenario. But (laughs) first of all, for anybody that's reading this in the country or if you're a handler in Florida hearing this, the sky is not falling. Um, Because on the legal side of things, Kreller... is from the second district court of appeal and it's from April of this year. Yeah. And there's another case and it just escapes me it begins with a be like something like Bradshaw, Bradley or something that is 180% the opposite yeah. from another district court of appeal. So those two are in conflict. And the lucky thing that the Kreller court did was we recognize we're ruling 180 degrees different from our sister district court uh, in another part of the state and at the last part of the opinion they say so we certify conflict which means we're automatically shoving this to the florida supreme court so the good thing about the full so Kreller is not law in the state of florida because it's still what we call in my world a case in conflict because it hasn't finally been decided and it is before the florida supreme court now the timeline, you know, I, I can't tell yeah. you nine months, ten months, fourteen months, we'll have a, a Florida Supreme Court opinion that will pick I don't know, the opposite case. Uh, yeah. I think it's Bradshaw, Bradley, whatever it is, and or Kreller. And let me just tell everybody that, you know, luckily we're a six to one conservative vote of our seven Supreme Court, so keep our fingers crossed that they'll say Kreller is a knuckle-headed, poorly decided decision. And I'll tell you what it's about. But look, it's, So right now, don't worry. <laughs> this is not the, what's the, uh, apple falling in the tree, hitting uh, Newton in the head right. or something. <laughs> There's no need to jump, jump ship, little. sell <laughs> all your dogs, and quit a canine program because I get a lot of those. But the, here's the scenario is, real quick, is that everybody, would hopefully is generally familiar with Rodriguez, the interruption of the traffic stop to run the dog type of thing. Um, Kreller comes from the scenario of that it was a um, undercover police officer who witnesses a traffic violation. He calls for a marked unit who gets there very quickly. And together, they do a traffic stop. And they're on scene for roughly four or five minutes. And they're having a conversation with someone who's I'm not going to say he is rude or belligerent, but is not complying. You know, they ask for consent, and the guy says no, and they ask you, will you get out of the car or something, and the guy says no. And they have a conversation with the gentleman for four or five minutes on scene. Now, here's the kicker. So they have a Maryland versus Wilson scenario. That's the one where you can order people and passengers out of a vehicle just for officer safety alone, just that fact. So the canine arrives roughly five minutes later. And he arrives and says, well, I need these people to get, or the, the I forget if it's one or two people, but the, the occupant or occupants out of the vehicle because I'm going to run my dog. And, you know, I don't want the guy to start the car or, or, you know, hit the, put it in drive if it was running. And I don't want to have him the ability to run over me or the dog or et cetera. So it's a safety factor related to running the dog. right? And so they uh, get him out of the vehicle and they run the dog and the question really is: Is this is that if the law from the United States Supreme Court says that as an officer makes a traffic stop, uh, the officer can have those people exit the vehicle for his or her safety? Well, the first five minutes, two officers were on scene, and they never made the person get out of the car for their personal safety. So five minutes goes by. Two, I think it's two on one actually, one driver and two police officers, and they have no officer safety concern that they say to get the person out of the vehicle. So then the canine happens, and Marilyn versus Wilson doesn't say you can order the driver out of the car to run the dog. Right. It says you can order the people out of the car. So they sold the court, they being the defense attorney, the philosophy well, for five minutes, two officers were on scene. They didn't order anybody. They didn't have a safety concern because they took no action to protect themselves by ordering other people. So what officer safety concern was there five minutes later when the third armed officer shows up on scene? So I get the argument. So I can conceptually, I disagree with it. I conceptually see it because the kicker is going to be, uh, in nowhere in um, Maryland versus Wilson does it say like there's a time requirement for yeah. an officer to determine when or when it's not safe. And certainly, you can perceive for two or three minutes that I believe this to be a safe scenario. And something at the four or five minute mark, you now believe it's not a safe scenario and you want to warm out of the vehicle. There's no time requirement in that decision-making process in Maryland versus Wilson. And this court seems to suggest that well, if you didn't do it in the first four minutes and, and your partner didn't see
1: it or doesn't have a safety concern, how could you develop one four minutes I mean, later? Because so. the corollary to that is if that's the case, you have to order everyone out of the car as soon as you approach it. Right. And, and Maryland versus and they Wilson do, doesn't say no, that. And, you know, and they you, don't do that. So. You have to make that <laughs> determination
2: within 45 seconds of yeah. the traffic stop. It doesn't do that. So um, I, I just think it's wrongfully decided. They say, well, you can order them out of the vehicle, but if it's done for the purely – Let's just say this, let's say you have no safety concern, no furtive movements, there's no, mm-hmm. nothing going on, nothing hinky. they say the person's talking normal, and they're giving you eye contact, uh, you don't see any bulges in the wrong places or anything like that, so you don't really have it. Then I get the argument on the side that, um, you, know, you know, five, ten minutes into the stop, you can't say I'm going to order you out, because the Maryland versus Wilson isn't an order you out for the dog. No. it's an order you out for the personal safety of the police officer and mems too yeah well, yeah pennsylvania was 1988 that was okay. the original yeah you could order a driver out oh yes and then in 94 95 ish they changed it in maryland versus wilson to you can order all occupants out and then in 99 i believe it is is arizona versus johnson you can order everybody out so they reiterated that at a regular traffic stop and now you can detain everybody yep. uh, even the passengers yeah. for a reasonable amount of time and if you're going to call me or email me I don't have a but I don't have a watch time on what's reasonable <laughs> but in the dog world uh I 15 to 20 minute deployment's reasonable so I say uh, you can detain passengers roughly. It's a fair estimate for fifteen or twenty minutes at, at a routine traffic stop. So they have reiterated. You're 100 percent correct, Ted. Yeah. You know, late '80s, Mims, mid '90s, um, Maryland, and then recategorized it in Arizona versus Johnson in '99. So three times they have they have
1: confirmed that you can order people out of a stop. There was that case in what's in Wyoming, it was the Tenth Circuit, uh, where a trooper. Like the only thing that he had was like he asked him to like lean forward and grab something, it was four people in the car as he leaned forward and he saw a syringe in a dude's pocket and he was like, oh, out of the car, everybody and they're like, Oh, and after a search, like one of the passengers in the back seat had a bunch of meth in her purse or something and they were like, Oh, you can't order passengers out, so it was another I can't remember the name of the case off the top of my head, but it was a Wyoming state trooper or something. But a similar timeline. Well, we
2: had a screw up in Florida, believe it or not. I wish I could remember the name of the case, but it's been quite a year, so I'm going to say seven years ago, and I'm reading my weekly updates uh, back then on Wednesdays, and there's a case, that, and they cited all old law, so I, you know, unfortunately for the Attorney General's office, they weren't on top of the game. The defense attorney had cited old, out-of-date law, and I'm reading it and going say the judges, a three-judge appellate panel instead of Florida said, well, you can't order passengers out of the vehicle. I said... That's been the law from the United States Supreme Court since 99. Yeah. And then they had to jump through hoops, ask for a rehearing, and beg for change. The Attorney General's Office was getting emails and phone calls from lawyers um, prosecutors all across the country and the state saying, Dude, 10 years ago, this changed. Yeah. And they had to, it took like six or eight months for them to, and then they finally wrote, the judges wrote opinion, and to save face, you know, because, again, right, humor, humor. Mm. The judges were C students in law school. Yeah. Um, they find, so, well, if the attorneys had presented the correct law yeah. and cited the correct cases, we wouldn't have erroneously made this decision, but we today we correct our decision based upon the correct law. So, you know, clearly, <laughs> they're doing their own right. research and yeah. their law <laughs> clerks maybe should be smacked in the hand with a ruler, too. But, yeah, so things, you know, on that, you're right. A lot of the country... Um, still, because I went to law school, you couldn't detain a passenger. Yeah. And midway through my career, the law changed, and you can detain passengers. So if you're, oh, yeah. uh, you know, you're a pre 2010 law student, you're thinking, well, you can't detain a passenger, but yeah. you certainly can.
0: So since the last time you were on, the country is keeps progressing more into marijuana, oh, uh, yeah. medical or legal. Um, more states have added it. Um, went from you know to recreational from whatever who is doing it right who is doing it wrong what seems to be kind of the average in the opinions of the state of the state supreme court well
2: most of the states across the country uh i would say are saying they're they're setting rules and parameters even on legal marijuana like you know in colorado you got to have it from a licensed dispensary. You can only, and believe it or not, if you're a resident of Colorado, you can have a little more recreational. And if you're just a uh, vacationer, you can have a little less recreational. Um, so, and there's still amounts. Like I, I don't, I'm kind of out of touch with what the amounts is, but you know, let's just say hypothetically, you know, under in no circumstances can you have more than like 15 grams or something like that. So, what they're saying in most jurisdictions, um, Colorado is an exception. Uh, Massachusetts is an exception. You know, they really don't have odor imprinted marijuana dogs because they say if your dog is imprinted in Massachusetts on, on that it doesn't provide probable cause. Mm-hmm. But in most states, those are the minorities. In most states, whether you're legal or mer- medical, um, they're saying the dog is still probable cause if it's imprinted on marijuana, simply because you get to investigate if it turns out to be marijuana whether that person's in lawful possession or not and i kind of give the analogy if everybody can swallow the cod liver oil it's no different than a dui i pull you over uh, there is some alcohol involvement i investigate the alcohol involvement and you pass your roadsides or you don't Um, and then if you pass your roadsides you move along and if you don't pass the roadsides you get arrested so i get a probable cause determination of marijuana, let's just say, an alert, and I find that it is marijuana, I investigate legal or medical, and I look at the hoops that you have to have, and if you pass the hoops, um, like the four things to show me that you're in legal possession, you keep it and you move on. If it turns out to be a pound, which you can't have anywhere, legally or medically, you get arrested. And the courts have said, yeah, that you get to investigate the possession.
1: The, uh, <clears throat> the only reason I know this, like, so Oklahoma, um, is medicinal. Um, Pennsylvania, um, is also, and uh, on the same day, both of their state Supreme courts released decisions that were 180 degrees from each other. So yeah. the state Supreme court of criminal appeals in Oklahoma, uh, just dis- deferred to basically the 10th amendment or to the 10th t- circuit and said, um, the mere presence of motor, uh, re- the, rather the, leg- rather the legal status of the mere presence of the odor is enough to generate probable cause search Pennsylvania said the exact opposite. They're like the mere odor is not enough. Like, so, and it was crazy because they came out the same day. And then when that happened, I get it today. Like I had a sheriff's department that we sold a dog to and their district attorney's office was asking like, so we can get people out of the car for marijuana. And I gave them the same analogy because they're like, well, if we smell it, do we still need the dog? I'm like, no, and I, and so I asked this ADA, I said, so if you have an officer that walks up to a vehicle and they smell alcohol, what do you think? And he goes into this long winded answer about, well, we would assume they would be under the influence of alcohol, a reasonably consumed, a reasonably, a recently consumed alcohol. We would have to do roadside sobriety tests and blah, 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 And I'm like, dude, it's no different. And now it's regulated. I was like, so you get to ask the question, where's your permit? Is it in the correct container? How much do you have? Where'd you get it? Is it yours? Like all this other stuff. 100%. And,
2: and the bottom line is if they check all the bells and whistles, they keep their marijuana and they go on their way. If they uh, don't check the bells and whistles, they get arrested. So they comply with the law or they don't. And you should have the right to uh, arrest people that aren't in compliance
0: and leave people alone that mm-hmm. are.
2: You know, that's just it.
0: Yeah, Ohio is medical for the last few years. It's not real super prevalent. It, the, the state has really <clears throat> got voted in, but they are slow rolling, dragging their feet, I would assume. On They're purpose. not as
1: slow as fucking Arkansas but Arkansas. so you know
0: it's a prescription and all that other stuff but you can't put flame to anything in ohio um it's not you know it's got to be vape or it's got to be oil or whatever and um people still don't get that they're like I, i whatever yeah
2: florida's been great we've been very lucky there's a case called johnson out of the panhandle and owens that have come up in florida in the past year 18 months and um, they're along the lines of, yeah, we know we're a medical marijuana state. And the Owens even talks about the hemp conflict. Yeah. And they say, you know, we have a little bit of a hemp issue here. And they flat out just quashed it. They said, we don't care if, you, uh, if it could be hemp or whatever. Mm-hmm. You, you, it, the dog uh, imprinted on marijuana is still probable cause. And Owens does you one better. You're you're never going to hear a lawyer tell you this or see a court generally do it. I mean, it's one in a thousand. Uh, Owens went on to say, look, we're going to tell you even in the future. <laughs> nah. we're not, it's a question that's not before us, but let's go ahead and tackle it. Nice. Uh, even in the future, Florida does legalize it recreationally. It's still going to be probable cause in the state of Florida. Oh, thank you. So because you're always going to have some parameters and restrictions and regulations on it. So, I investigate whether you and, uh, you follow you're in the, within the the bounds.
1: And this is another like we're talking about the precision of the word, you know, the use of the word "alert" versus "final oh. response." And it's the same thing because even attorneys, like both prosecuting attorneys and plaintiff attorneys and defense attorneys, are using the term "legal." And I'm like, no my my six year old niece can walk into a convenience store and buy Gatorade. That's legal. Marijuana is regulated. Huge difference. Like and. They're like, well, you know what I mean. I'm like, look, I understand, like I get it, but be precise because there is a, there's this misnomer that we keep using that word legal, 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 and it's regulated. Right. But it's just like alcohol is regulated. It's like tobacco is regulated. It's fucking regulated.
2: I, I do. I. I'm I'm guilty of that myself, but I, I try. I'm trying to slide into the terminology of <laughs> recreationally allowed to be used yeah, for yeah. recreational yeah. use, and uh, so that's where I'm trying to. Uh, reinvent my own terminology there to, to slap myself on the wrist because I, I i fall into that troop. i say it's a legal state and it's an or it's a non-legal state and i'm trying to say it's a recreational state or it's not a recreational state and i think
1: the misnomer like when we say that we say legal it gives i don't want to say lay people but it gives the general population the impression that it's no different than possessing skittles like, I mean and and I'm like, I mean, like you said, like Eric said, you can't put flame to it in ohio you have to eat, you have to use edibles or vapes or whatever, mm-hmm. and so it's a it's highly regulated, and the but I think the the misnomer with people that are just like normal people think that they're like oh because it's legal I can do it and have it and I doesn't there's no regulation because there's not really any any regulation of I could have 400 pounds of cigarettes if I wanted as long as they've all got their tax stamps on them mm-hmm. like then but it's and I'm of age so hey, don't let the new uh 87,000
0: IRS guys know that you didn't pay yeah, any tax no. stamps yeah, on, your, you on your 80 pounds <laughs> of cigarettes what I'd like to see in the states that are legalizing you know uh recreational whatever is the cops Slaughter these people on DUIs. I can't fucking stand it that oh, they they, they are. think it's okay <laughs> to drive around all day long and smoke
2: weed. Yeah, Florida's civilians are completely ignorant. They wrote into our, legal, our medical marijuana um, the a caveat that you can't be on a bus, drive a commercial vehicle, drive a car. Uh, you can't be have it on a boat. Um, it's actually in the law, and so many people. Ted's one hundred percent right. They say. Well, I've got a medical marijuana doctor and card, and I got it. So let's go out and ski on the ocean and yeah. get high. <laughs> and it, the law doesn't even allow. Well, yeah. It says you can have it, but you you medically, you know, you can't do it
0: that yeah,
1: way. I would, I w- I can't. It drives me insane. I can't stand. One it. of the uh, things in Oklahoma that's been happening because they are doing that in Oklahoma, like they're in and um, that exigency case for blood draws generated in Oklahoma for the for the alcohol side. My buddy Rob was part of that deal. And, um, but they're starting to look at the exigency too for like marijuana crimes or for like marijuana, uh, intoxication while operating vehicles. And at this point, it, from what I can tell, the only thing that's like, that's triggering those is like an accident or some kind of, there's an entire, there's a reason to start investigating the exigency, to to justify blood draws to determine toxicology but they are doing it like and so and i've seen a couple of cases and heard of a couple cases where they're doing it because quote unquote based on their experience and circumstances they know the difference between what burnt and unburnt marijuana smells like and i'm like that's great unless they're like eric where in state where Eric, where they can't burn it, so they like that doesn't have a smell then. Ohio, so. the gummy yeah. bear state. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so um, since you've last been on, um, what has changed or what's been new outside of Florida? I guess because we've been talking about fucking Florida. It's a sunny place for shady people. Um, mm. <laughs> so what uh, news cases have come out that everybody needs to be paying attention
2: well. to? Well. I hate to say this over the podcast. <laughs> I don't want to educate any defense attorneys. Well, um, but uh, there's a case out of the 11th Circuit that's really causing anxiety for people. And since it is a federal circuit court, I mean, you know, those right. folks on that court are one nomination away from the United States Supreme Court. And, and generally, the 11th Circuit, which is over Georgia, Alabama, and Florida, is generally thought of as a fairly conservative court. And there's a case called Campbell, and um, I made yeah. a prediction because it was just decided initially by a three court three judge panel, and they granted on bonk. Not to get too much into the legal Latin, but it makes you, um, very rarely does a court, maybe once or twice a year, do they say, "Hey, the three guys in your in your pack got it wrong, so we'd like all eleven of you to hear this," yeah. and they reheard it with all eleven judges, and Campbell was an extension of the Rodriguez interruption yeah, case.
1: The 26 second case.
2: And so I was telling people for a long time, don't worry. The 11 folks, when it gets up there, are going to say that the three got it wrong. And um, it turns out, I don't know, four or five months ago, the On Bonk panel, all 11, voted a majority that the three got it right. And it really what it boils down to, because I don't want to You know you anybody can look it up or get in touch with you guys to forward it to them or anything but the bottom line is it says you can go up to a window if you're doing traditional kind of interdiction and conversation with somebody you can talk about anything related to the traffic stop maybe where they're coming from where they're going you can talk about you know insurance and registration and you can even talk about officer safety issues related issues but if you get into general crime or other superfluous questions um, like maybe you just say something along the lines of you know how about those dolphins or something as you're up there trying to maybe do interdiction or you know you, do you like this weather and I know those are knuckleheaded questions but something like you know maybe you say something about a bumper sticker or something about the car or something around who knows and they're saying the more far more a field you get from related to officer, insurance, traffic, or the crime itself of like say speeding or something and where you're you're coming from and where you're going was generally accepted. But if you get outside those parameters you could ask a question. It could take two questions that they deem, let's just say, wasn't targeted towards the issue that you pulled them over for and maybe each question is uh, 10 to 20 seconds long with an answer so they say those two questions, because they're unrelated to anything for the purpose of the traffic stop or your safety, now has extended the stop by 40 seconds. Mm. And that 40 seconds is an illegal detention. Wow. And um, so, you know, you really, in that case, the unfortunate, the officer was on the uh, a body cam, uh, a car camera with a mic. And if you read Campbell, that poor officer got a colonoscopy by the 11th Circuit because they went yeah. like at the 11:37 mark. They had time he stamps. said this, and at the 11:47 mark, the response was yes. And then at the 11:59 mark, and they spent like 17 minutes analyzing every other minute by the second, and they end up coming with a crazy ruling like. So, out of the 19 minute conversation, there was one minute and 35 seconds of erroneous questioning, and therefore that made the detention extended
1: and, uh, and, and illegal. When that happened, and like people freaked out, and I read it, I was like, "Come on, like I don't. I mean, like I understand Rodriguez, and I understand the spirit of Rodriguez, like what it's intended to do, right? Like if you've got a dog, you know, 35 minutes away across county, I get that, right? But I don't, I." personally, don't genuinely believe that the Supreme Court of the United States intended for Rodriguez to be that restrictive. Well, it it (laughs) is crazy because there are, Florida's one
2: of them, so let's give Florida some negative love here. Uh, (laughs) We have a stupid case called Underhill, which I think was, the dog deployment was like within three or four minutes of the traffic stop. Now, I I don't care if you're the fastest cop in the world, you know, a basic traffic stop is going to take eight or ten minutes, and you're going to be there anyway, and they said, Oh, because the police officer stopped writing the ticket at the three-minute mark to get his dog out and got an alert at the four-minute mark. You know, oh, you've illegally detained him for an extra minute. And I go, if this wasn't even a dog case, the guy would be there for ten minutes. So how can you illegally detain somebody when you had been there anyway?
0: (laughs) All right, we love the Perkinsons down in uh, North Carolina at Highland Canine Training. They are... Great people, great trainers. They got a good business model. They're awesome folks. We've been with them for a long time. Uh, they're also super smart. And they understand that a lot of agencies are struggling to have manpower. So they're not sending people away for training. You guys have been there. You know, you put in, denied lack of manpower. So they've created an online course section of their website, training.com. You get on there under training, the online course. But here's the best thing is they offer a supervisor, canine supervisor course, which we know a lot of police canine supervisors don't get to go to training. They don't know as much as they should. Right here online, uh, the course discusses topics such as proper selection of dogs and handlers, proper deployment, effective allocation and utilization, as well as liability and the FLSA issues, which we know is where all the legal stuff comes from interdepartmental. Uh, The course can be taken at your convenience, And you will receive a certificate of completion at the end. Uh, They're offering an amazing discount, guys. 30% off using the discount code WDR30. It's a no-brainer. If you're a police supervisor and you guys have manpower issues, you can't go. Get on tacticalpolicek9training.com under the training tab. Get on that supervisor's course, man. I'm telling you, it's a smart
1: decision. Another one of our favorite partnerships with the podcast here is the one and only Dogtra. The Dr. Guys have been producing some amazing tools in the dog training world for a long time. Everything from e-collars, GPS tracking, ball trainers. If it's electric and you use it with a dog, they've probably done it. They're the best. They are revolutionizing the way you communicate with the dog. I use it daily whether I'm using pets. Uh, I use the 200C on most of our pets. Uh, most of my patrol guys will use a 1900 hands-free 1900s hands-free and then i use the ball popper pretty much daily with all of our detection dogs for imprinting on our box protocols so hit them up at dogtra official on instagram and facebook and then you've got dogtra.com and when you go there if you use the discount code wdr10 they'll give you 10 percent off a single item over 200 bucks So, if you're looking at a 1900S or that ball popper pro or one of those things, it'll knock a substantial chunk off there. So, hit them up, doctor.com, WDR10.
0: So, everybody knows that Ted and I uh, not only train police dogs, we train pet dogs, right? We train dogs. So, it's why our relationship with Ray Allen Manufacturing is so important. These guys have been doing this so long they knew and they understand that dogs are dogs, and it's not just working dog people that need things for their dog and dog training. So, you go to rayallen.com, they have everything dog related you need. Anything that when it comes to dogs, pet dogs, your pet training dogs, police dogs, dogs you're training for other departments, anything you need, rayallen.com. Uh, they've got it. You can get on there. So, if you're ordering stuff for police dogs, and if you have a pet side, you can get it all in one. Man, they ship it out. Got a nice big box full of a whole bunch of stuff. There's nothing better than getting a big box of dog training stuff in the mail. They also are great to us and they offer a discount code, WORKINGDOGRADIO, all capital letters, WORKINGDOGRADIO for 10% off. Check them out, rayallen.com. Great people. Ted and I
1: use them every day. Super excited to have American Aluminum Accessories on board with us here at the podcast. These guys manufacture a wide variety of products from high-quality cam locker toolboxes to an extensive line of products designed to meet the ever-changing needs of the law enforcement community. Around 1992, due to the demand for safe and secure transport for a local law enforcement agency's canine unit, they introduced the very first in-vehicle Easy Rider canine container. So it was basically what we now call just our inserts. They have continuously grown and expanded uh, the products, catering to the needs and the wants of their valued customers and high-profile clientele, and catering specifically to law enforcement. Over the years, as the needs have changed for law enforcement, they've evolved and expanded the products to include inmate transport systems, the canine training aids, which I use quite a bit of, canine inserts. Most of, every one of my guys has one of those things. And you know, you if you're not even have to be in law enforcement. I have several friends that are civilians that work. <laughs> lots of dogs that have the inserts put into their cars too. So you got one that fits, you can do it. Uh, They also do contraband and animal control systems just to name a few. So be sure to hit them up. The website is easy rider online. So that's the letter E, the letter Z as in zebra rideronline.com. If you're looking for them on Instagram and Facebook, it's American aluminum accessories. Feel free to hit them up there too.
0: So our first and oldest sponsor that's been with us from the beginning is Arno out out at ALM uh, out there in, in Las Vegas area. Arno is a great dude. He makes great stuff for, for police work and sport work. Suits, tugs. I'm telling you right now, his tugs are the best in the business. You can't get any better. Multiple colors. Uh, I, I buy boxes of them from him, and give them out to everybody. Uh, I've got a bite suit from him. Love it. I've had it for a little over three years and it's holding up like a champ. Um, Ted's got a suit that he's had forever from ALM. Uh, we wouldn't go anywhere else, man. We love it. Arno is such a good dude. His uh, ALM 9 equipment.com is the website. Get on there. He's got pre-made suits. He can do custom suits based on your measurements. Um, he's got stuff already, already made up. If you kind of get a kind of generic large size, maybe for everybody, the colors he has, man, is really cool. He can put a lot of stuff on those suits. Uh, check him out. ALM canine equipment.com and use the discount code WD radio for 10% off.
1: You know, running a kennel is one of those things that I always worry about is cleanliness and safety of dogs. And it's, it seems like it's an ever changing issue being able to house dogs and move things around everything else. So the guys at horizon structure make this as easy as possible. Literally the only thing you have to do is have water and power hookups and they deliver it. and You can put dogs in that day. And it comes built, comes on a trailer. They just drop it off. You plug it in, put dogs in it, and you're ready to rock. You keep them clean. You keep them safe. You keep them cool in the summer and warm in the wintertime. And it's completely custom. You can go complete mild to wild. I've seen some that were stainless steel all the way from top to bottom on the inside. And then I've seen some for a, a bulldog breeder that, you know, had smaller gates because those things can't jump. So if you reach out to them. Uh, They're sitting there waiting for you to call and help you through the custom design process. They have everything from two dog ones up to, uh, I want to say like 18 or 20. It's a lot of, you can put a lot of dogs, indoor, outdoor runs. So anything you've ever dreamed of, they've got it, have done it or can do it. So they've taken all the guesswork out of building it. Everything is pre-done to your specifications and it's assembled, dropped off, boom, you're ready to rock things are amazing. Uh, Rigney has one. Uh, We've had him on the show a couple of times. Go check out his Instagram and you can see he's posted it up there before. Go look horizon up at horizon structures spelled out uh, on the internet. It's HorizonStructures.com, And you're going to look for the link in there that says commercial dog kennels or give them a call 888-447-4337. They'd love to talk to you and get you started on the way
0: so let's pivot away and into hits 2023 yeah phoenix
2: august 15th through the 18th of my am moderately close so roughly the same time of year it's going to be at the weston kirkland resort which is actually in scottsdale yeah. uh, great hotel it's like a five-star place or something. yeah it's really huge. nice and you got a great price yeah i'm a little hazy because i'm here in orlando but it's like roughly 121 a night or something oh, close that's to that really good yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, and um right literally like 50 yards away is like a pinkies up shopping district with bars mm-hmm. and restaurants so you literally nice. you're, you're almost self-contained from you know walking and driving and all that kind of stuff and there's 10 restaurants four bars and you can go buy a coach purse or a uh Louboutin shoes or whatever you want to do and and it's literally across the street uh 30 40 50 yards a walk
1: nice nice and everybody's listening to this and they're like I'm bringing my wife yeah don't Uh, don't let her hear it that was kind of the hint yeah Uh, yeah. if there
2: there is a honey do list that comes, that you would probably like to bring her to this because she can uh rack up the visa points as mm-hmm. you're in class. I think that place has like a
1: lazy river or some shit. It has here. two pools, a lazy river. Oh, this river. is the place that you can surf? Do they have like I don't like know about the, that. It wasn't the, the one, the other one that we got that hits the, the, the one that was canceled for COVID. Didn't they same have like place? an outdoor surf It's surfle? the same place.
2: It, if, I they, think it has like have a two outdoor pools and a lazy
1: river and a golf course and nice. a, and a spa. I nice. think I'm gonna have to check now, but I'm pretty sure they have like the surf, like you can surf on, like that man-made wave thing. Yeah, nothing. It thanks. might be true in the desert for me. That's about a it. broken wrist. No, or something. I'm about that's it. concussion. That, that was intended, that
2: was
0: invented by an orthopedic surgeon. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Self-fulfilling. When is when is uh, when can guys start sign up for that? Yeah, we'll give us it?
2: you know I don't know one week to uh, decompress from Orlando, and I would certainly say. By the uh, September, the web- website will be switched over. You could sign up immediately. If there's any vendors out there that are interested, I'm sold. Maybe already in the past two days, one third of the booth space uh, in our vendor hall. So if you're a vendor, and sure. we had a wait list of about oh, sixteen or seventeen vendors this year that mm-hmm. I couldn't get to. So if you're out there and you want a spot, you know, just email me. I'm Ted. at hits K nine with the number nine net and uh, we'll hook you up but uh i would say probably who you knows i'll jinx myself you know by the end of the year I'll, i won't have any booth space left nice yeah, so. hell yeah i like it i like it all right
0: man well ted thanks yeah uh, hits canine.net get love, on there folks take a look at it
2: yeah huh. okay. so i appreciate you guys coming yeah. and, and thanks for having me again i love what you do i oh, appreciate it thank, thank you thanks guys